This is The Bernie Show. We've got a good show tonight. Events occur in real time. Featuring Bernie Miklas. Oh, we're going to have a good time, I guarantee. You. We worked on this one, Bern. E. Hmm? Burn E. Bernie. Now, here's Bernie Miklas. And what's going on? I, I guess today I'm playing the role of your... Uh, Radio host for a Cardinals watch party? Would that be the thing to call it? You know, they're on TV now against the Diamondbacks. I can provide some running commentary and observations, take some cheap shots, offer praise. Uh, Mention that Zach Galen does not pitch for the Cardinals. He pitches for the Diamondbacks and things like that. So we'll make the best of it. I, you know, Jim Hewer was reminding me though before we went on the air. You know, a lot of people get a lot of text messages during games, even when the game is on and we're we're on at the same time as the game. So that's all right. We got company. I appreciate your y'all company for uh, those of you hanging in there, keeping the game like I am right now. Game on mute, which is actually kind of a relief. And uh, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to like closed captions a lot. Anyway, uh, you know, watching the game on mute and, um, you know, hanging out with you as you're listening to us. It's all good. We'll have Dane Perry on with us at 4 o'clock, CBS Sports uh, Online, uh, cbssports.com, also the Birdie Work Substack that we promote and talk about all the time, friend of our uh, friend of the show, and Dane will be on at 4 o'clock. We'll talk Cardinals Deadline, what he expects, what he would like, what's he hearing? He wrote a piece. Uh, I got I to gotta check my uh, inbox today. I don't know if he's got a new uh, uh, birdie workup, but I'll find it if he does. But he wrote earlier this week that just uh, in response to the Wilson-Contreras trade speculation, which he's skeptical of, which we all are, um, but he said, hey, it would not be a ridiculous thing. I guess it wouldn't be, depending on how you look at it. Although Wilson Contreras having a hell of a July. Uh, let me get. Let me say fill this out first. Uh, R.J. Anderson will be with us at 4:30, also from CBSSports.com, Major League Baseball writer and analyst. But I was going to say Wilson Contreras, he's having a heck of July. I mean, a great July with the bat. He leads all major league hitters in batting average, on-base percentage, OPS, uh, WRCS, WRC+, and he's uh, second in slugging. Been the best hitter in the majors this month. And uh, I'd have to say that that's a, you know, that is especially impressive that Contreras can do this and have the hottest bat in baseball during July. Really, really, really impressive when you consider he's been playing with all those knife wounds in his back. You know, that can't be, that can't be easy. You keep getting stabbed in the back by, uh, you know, the weasels within the organization. And uh, yet, uh, no problem. I'm just going to go out there and hit 442 for July. Good for him. Seriously, good for him. Anyway, Jim Hewer, what do you got? What's I, going on? I'm doing well, and I'd like to just echo your sentiments with Wilson. He he continues to amaze me that he can 
he just kind of th- shrugs it off all the garbage he's had to deal with and continues to play well. He, you know, he went through a stretch early in the year where he he was really scuffling hitting, and he found his way out of that. And you know, we said it on the show. He's going to eventually hit. That's what he does. He's a hitter, and he's right there. And I didn't realize his numbers were that awesome for July. Yeah. And again, all we keep we keep hearing the little barbs coming from the front office or from the manager every once in a while about. You know, was it last week, uh, that day game, when Herrera was catching, and he's like, oh, Herrera does everything. He's oh, been great. Yeah. You know, he's in that video room. He's doing yeah. this. He's doing that. Oh, oh, so you're just saying yeah. the other guy isn't. I get you. Yeah, we hated him last year and couldn't wait to get him out of here when we brought him up. But, uh, you know, he learned the system. He, he learned a lot about, you know, b- becoming a Cardinals catcher and what's acquired, uh, required, you know, mm-hmm. Ivan Herrera. You know, we uh, – we were uh, we we couldn't stand him uh, when we brought him up for the first time last year. But you know we uh, but we also know that it's a demanding position, and uh, you know it really takes time to figure it out. Um, which is interesting because they gave Wilson Contreras no time to figure it out, <laughs> right? Absolutely not. So they're uh, they're they're ridiculous. Um, but I'm happy for Contreras and. Um, I'll repeat something I've said, and and eventually I'm going to go around, you know, get around to doing a workup of this. You know, we all we like to like to put uh, players in a box. It's like, oh, he must be the catcher. You have to have one catcher. You know, you have to. This guy must do this. You can't have this. You know, it's always got to be nice and neat and tidy, which is really kind of stupid, especially with the way that. John Mazalak and Ali Marmol want to have their roster where they want to have multi-position players who can move around. Mm-hmm. So why would we think it would be one through nine, pretty much the same thing every day, everybody locked in the same spot in the lineup, same position, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure like what some people have missed over the last two years. They don't do it that way. In fact, not, not many teams do it that way. But – you can't have two catchers, and you, and you can have two catchers that play a lot, and you can have two catchers who can also, you know, serve as a DH. Um, it's just not that big of a deal. You know, you don't have trade Wilson Contreras because, oh, we got to, you know, we, we, we want to make Herrera catcher. Well, go ahead and make Herrera catcher. You need more than one. They get beat up. They get tired. Um, you have an outlet at DH. So I've never understood this whole thing. It's like it's got to be one or the other. No. I remind everyone that the Atlanta Braves traded for Sean Murphy. And um, did they get rid of their number two catcher or actually formerly their number one catcher, Travis Diano? No, they didn't. They gave him a one-year, $8 million contract extension. And their manager and their general manager – both said uh, something along the same lines is like we want hey we love Sean Murphy man but we we want Travis Darno to be with us for a long time as long as he wants to play because we believe you got to have two catchers and we believe that if you uh, if Sean Murphy plays two out of every three games uh, two out of every let's say three out of every five games you want to you want to put another catcher in there that's where you know he's not you're not going to be weakened at the position you're going to feel good about it. So what's the problem? 
I mean, the Toronto Blue Jays used three catchers last year. They, they went with the two-catcher system this year. Uh, Kirk got hurt. But, I mean, the Blue Jays, you know, set up when everybody's healthy, have two uh, strong catchers. So what – is this because Molina played 98% of the games while he was here? So that's the way – that's the new norm or something? I don't – you know, I don't get it. Sooner or later, and this includes media and fans – we got to just kind of move on. It's never going to be the same without Yadier Molina. It's literally a new – well, it's not literally, but it's a new generation of catchers. And now now we're seeing how most of these other teams in Major League Baseball have had to deal with the position for the last 20 years. While here, unless Yadier was hurt, uh, and even then he never stayed out too long, but, you know, if he – unless he was hurt, he was – you could count on him being behind a plate just about every day. And I'm exaggerating slightly. Mm-hmm. But he but he caught more than anyone, and he wasn't even close. That's my point. You know? Yep, and, absolutely. Um, so I'm not sure what the uh, what the deal is. There's allergic reaction. Well, you know, they, they like Herrera, so they oh boy, they better get Contreras out of here. Why? <laughs> they signed him. No one's going to take the contract if, if, in terms of, like, you know, if they're not a fan of his defensive work, you know, they're not going to take on the remainder of his contract. That's a lot of money. But when the Cardinals signed uh, Contreras, uh, they alluded to, and it was written by many and baseball analysts all over the place, you know, alluded to the fact like, hey, um, you know, five years is a long time for a catcher, but he can easily pivot to the DH spot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> be such a nice thing if a guy can hit he should dh every yeah. once in a while and i know ollie likes to use the dh for an outlet to rest people but here's an idea ollie uh if you want to give paul goldschmidt a day off because you think it is age and as hard as he plays he needs more days off give him days off okay same with arenado all right yeah you can you can plug one of those guys in at dh now and then but you know this should not be a regular part of their profile. If a dude needs a day off, you give him a day off. I, I always hate to, in a way, to go back to talking about Tony Larusa, and he didn't have a DH in the National League. But you know, he he was really opposed to this idea. It was like you know, oh, I'm, a, you know, you give a you give oh you give a guy a day off, and um, uh, well, you know, but uh, you know, maybe, but we'll probably bring him in in the fifth or sixth. Inning. No, he he was like, no, man, what's the point? The day off's a day off, unless it's an emergency and you actually need the guy. So what? I don't understand why that's so difficult either. You know, I, I'm there with you on the day off thing. Every once in a while, guy, you're getting your day off. You're not just go sit down there at the end. If I need a pinch hitter, I'll let you know. But it's your day off. It, it's a good thing. It's it's needed for these guys at this point. Do have a question from one of yeah. our texters. Uh, asking this question, so we're, since we're on the topic of, of catching, he says, is mm-hmm. Andrew Kisner that much better defensively that he's beyond criticism in this ordeal? Well, it's an, it's an interesting It's a good question. Um, but I harped about this last season, long before I knew who the Cardinals were, you know, really what they really wanted. I, I – hinted at it, I more than hinted at it, I talked about it a lot. 
because I, I was getting sick of listening to people like Miles Michaelis and you know you know uh, you know who who had to have Kisner's the catcher and all oh, defensively he's this defensively he's that oh man and you know rather than accept uh, dumbass narratives I always believe like well let me go look and see what the facts tell us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, he, he's been a liability on offense. And, look, he's had his moments, don't get me wrong, but he's been a liability for the most part offensively. It's not like, oh, man, he's got a good bat, so you got to make sure you work him in. But last year his, his pitch framing statistics or metrics were awful, just awful. They're a little better this year, but we're not talking about something like, oh, man, this, nobody's, nobody's better than him at framing pitches. And his blocking metrics weren't all that hot either. So yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where all this stuff started. Where he's like the gold standard for defense. But we know this now about the Cardinals pitchers. Maybe we didn't realize how petty and childish and juvenile and uh, whiny they are. You know, they wanted Yadier Molina to do everything for him, to think for him, call call pitches for him, tell him probably what to eat for breakfast and, you know, everything else. <laughs> and so Kisner tried his best to, to do, to sort of be a Yadi Jr. just the way he approached the job. But Kisner has also had a lot more time to work on that than Contreras. You know, Kisner's been around here a while. I respect Kisner. I certainly like him. I mean, he's a wonderful guy. I don't, no doubt he's a good teammate. But, yeah, I, I just uh, – that's one of the other things about this Contreras uh, backbiting that really bothers me because it elevates Kisner in a way uh, where it's like, come on, come on, people. Come on. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, we get it. You, you you know, Contreras ain't Yachty, and you're, you're caterwauling. You're little babies. We get it. But that doesn't make, uh, you know, Kisner Steve Yeager or something, you know? I'm trying to think of a great defensive catcher of yesteryear. Yeager uh, wasn't he, bad. Yeah. Doesn't make, it doesn't make him Ray Fossey before the Pete Rose collision. There you go. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I stand. Now, let me tell you this. I got educated by Joe Sheen and some others on something. You know what? A stat that I see. Uh, speaking of Joe Sheen. Yes. <laughs> Joe, I swear to you, I just mentioned his name, and I see my phone flicker, and I got a text message from him. I mean, he's not listening. <laughs> You know, he wants to know why he won't. He wouldn't bother me putting this on radio. Joe says, hey, can you explain to me the choice to prioritize Tyler O'Neill over Dylan Carlson? Uh-huh. Carlson Carlson's younger. He's better. He's controlled for longer. And Tyler O'Neill has had one good year. Well, that's a legitimate point. I can't explain it to you other than the Cardinals don't have a very good front office. Anyway, now I forget what I was saying. See, I lo- oh, but no, Joe and others have... Um, we can, we can ask R.J. Anderson about this. We can even ask uh, our friend Dane Perry about this. I see a lot of sports writers. And, by the way, uh, I've done this in the past myself, so I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I'm above it, but I, 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 I don't 
I don't attach much to it is, is uh, hardly anything. Well, you'll see, well, you know, the, the, the team ERA when Kisner catches is this. You know, it's, it's the team ERA is um, – or the catcher ERA is that when Contreras catches, and it's much higher. It's just not that simple. I'm sorry. Because you know what that does? It, it sort of takes the, the pitcher out of it, doesn't it? Yeah. It takes the pitcher, pitcher's role out of it. Uh, pitchers are going to pitch to their level, and they're also going to have really good days, and they're going to have uncharacteristically perhaps bad days. And all of that goes into this so-called catcher ERA equation. You know, unless – it is the same schedule all year where, you know, they, they, they catch each starting pitcher and relievers. Like, they, all of those guys, they catch them at the, like, the, the same type of volume where there's no d- discrepancy between uh, who Contreras, Contreras catches and who Kisner catches. Uh, it's not that meaningful. It really is. And, I, and again, I know that uh, people don't want to hear because it it's easy to do. And it's like, aha, see? Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. No. Uh-uh. You got to tell me if it was a – if uh, you, you got to tell me when Contreras is behind the plate or, uh, you know, uh, Kisner's behind the plate. You got to tell me. You got to break it down for me. You got to get specific. Is pit, did a starting pitcher just have a really bad day? And uh, Contreras has to, happens to be the guy that's on the receiving end of most of that, but you're not. But you're not going to hold the pitcher accountable. It's all about the catcher, huh? <laughs> the people that believe that are as bad as the whining, mewling little baby pitchers themselves, because you're taking the you're taking the pitcher's responsibility out of it, and which is just stupid, and it's just really, really random, because again, they're not catching the same pitchers the same amount of time. That that's all that I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I, I the whole thing is just it's trying to put blame on somebody else all the time right. with this conversation. Uh, Texer did ask this question, and I I didn't notice this last night. Yeah. But he said, "Did you notice someone was calling pitches from the bench last night in the game?" I did not. No, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. I know Matt's was good last night. I do know that. Match was very good last night, and I, I, you know, but again, is so now what? Contreras doesn't get credit for that. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I, I'm wondering. I'm not saying the texter is saying that, but I, yeah, I, you know, Contreras was behind the plate, and Match was really good. So, you know, and it, let's not again. Let's not pretend that uh, even though the Cardinals empowered Yadier Molina to call pitches, but Yadier Molina would be looking over the dugout sometime. You know? Oh yeah. You know, so I don't know. I just think this stuff is lazy, and it's uh, it's also really overstated, and it's a little more complicated than that. Now, if you look through all the years of Yadier Molina and you see what their ERA was, his so-called catcher ERA was, well, yeah, it was better than the backups. But this is Yadier Molina. This is one of the great catchers of all time. So to use that as evidence, well, catchers make a difference. Well, sure they do. Nobody's saying they don't. But if you're hanging your hat on one thing, catcher ERA, uh, Yadier Molina is a pretty much an impossible standard 
to use against other catchers. That that's just not fair. You know. I yeah, I'm there 100 with you. I mean, that again gets back to the Cardinals. Come on, you. you yeah, well, it's not Yachty. No kidding. It's like, and I can't remember what. Maybe what Gary Plummer was a guy that took over for Johnny Bench. I don't remember who it was, but it <laughs> that's does, a good one. It doesn't matter. That guy yeah, was meant, never going to be Johnny Bench. Gary Plummer, Bill Plummer, or Bill you're Plummer. Think, you're there. thinking the 49ers linebacker. That's right. Yes, Bill Plummer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I I remember the baseball card. That's why I was like, oh, it's Plummer. Yep. Um, I mean, those guys. It, it, it's unfair to ask anyone to be that person. I mean, and oh well. It, it just gets frustrating more and more. This thing continues to just – it festers, and it shouldn't fester within an organization. They should be able to get this thing straightened out, and they can't, and they won't, I don't think. No. Uh, at all. I think this no. just will continue. As a, yeah. uh, uh, no, let me uh, – I, I want to do something real quick. Sure. Hold, hold on. Hold on tight, because I have to look at it. Uh, it takes a minute. I should probably just wait. You know who I am. But besides, it's a, we got a three-hour show, baseball game's on, everything's fine. Um, we can be loosey-goosey. Yes, well, we can. I pretty much am loosey-goosey, correct? <laughs> uh, hold on one second. Where are you? Come to Papa. Um, you know, there's no um, – looking at Steven Matz, right? Yep. There's no – there's not – there's no real di- difference between Contreras and Kisner as far as the catcher ERA. They're both pretty good. Yeah, see, there you go. Ivan Herrera, however, when he caught Matt's once this year, uh, 831 ERA. Does that mean that Herrera's a bad catcher? No. It means that he happened to be there on a day where Matt's wasn't very good. Like I said, you know, let, let's never get to the point where we, we remove pitchers from responsibility for their own their own performance. So, you know what I mean? I'm right there with you. I it just – you're looking for an excuse that's not that shouldn't be there. And by the way, if that is the way you're going to run your organization, you're not going to win a whole heck of a lot. I mean, no. that's that's a loser's mentality. Oh, it's their fault. This guy's not helping me. Well, how about you step up to the plate? Yeah, and I'm that the lack of accountability that is driven by management and the manager is appalling. And that, I I don't see how that's good for your your so-called team culture. Where you're very yeah. quick to, to remove a group of people, the pitchers, who are not very good at their jobs. You're so willing to throw a catcher over the side to make excuses for your little babies that happen to be pitchers. And not all of them are like that, but I think you all get the point. You know? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. More text here. The scariest part of the Contreras situation for me is that the Cardinals are going to have to dip into the free agent pool to fix their problems. And at this point, what good free agent would want to pick this organization after they see what they've done to Contreras? (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. And also, um, I would add this with um, you got Coach iPad uh, as the the pitching coach and – it's a situation where there was once upon a time, and maybe I should stop talking about the past. So now that I've made that point, there was once upon a time where a pitcher would look around and say, well, you know, if uh, I'm going to tell my agent, see if he can make something happen with the Cardinals, because I know Dave Duncan will make me better. 
I need a career reset, yep. and I think Duncan can help me. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if anyone is uh, kind of looking from afar and saying, you know, if only I could go to work for that dude with the iPad, that pitching coach they have. I wonder what's on that iPad. Get me in there. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I've never seen an iPad like that. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just... It's just ridiculous. <laughs> More text line. Uh, at this moment, Contreras is doing what he did with the Cubs. That is what the Cardinals should have expected. That's right. That's exactly right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. It's 3.34 in uh, the afternoon here on the Bernie Show. Cardinals are leading 2 to nothing, by the way. But I assume most of y'all... Or if you're listening to me, you're listening to us, I should say, you, you also have been paying attention to the Cardinals game and monitoring it. Um, yeah, the Cardinals, um, you got a solo home, one, a solo home run by Nolan Gorman. Do not, under any circumstances, trade this guy, okay? Uh, then you have the second run coming in on a um, – how about that Brendan Donovan running the bases, uh, huh? stealing a plate last, stealing home plate last night on a, on a play? It was a like a planned play, but still, he executed it perfectly. stole stole home for the only run they scored last night, and uh, he, you know, he's doing it again today, where he uh, is making something happen on the base paths. He singled. Goldie struck out. Newtbar singled. Donovan went to third. Uh, Muscles struck out. And Donovan scored on a Galen Wild pitch. So, 2 nothing Cardinals in the uh, the bottom of the third. Jack Flaherty, I think, looks pretty good so far. I mean, when I'm talking, it's hard to explain. The game's on. Yep. And if there's a, I can see – I can if something happens, I can see it. But I'm not watching as intently well. as I would. Uh, you know, so that's the thing. I have to go back and retrace it a little bit. Oh, and then my muscles uh, yeah. failed, failed to make a catch there in left field. Yeah, it should have been caught. Oh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> the more things change. <laughs> You're going to get another text from Joe Sheehan in a couple minutes. Why Again, why is he playing? <laughs> uh, Bernie, do we think a pitcher like Monty will spill the beans if traded about all the issues this year? I hope he does. That's from a texter. I don't think he will. I'd be surprised. I think he just kind of wants to go his own way and move on. He's, he doesn't seem to be like a – a bitter, petty guy, you know? Oh, he's irritated that they didn't engage him in um, spring training contract talks, but that's a whole separate issue, right? Yeah, I think so. I I think he'll just go about his business, and I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll find a team he wants in free agency, that, and he'll be happy with that, whatever team he decides on, because it's his choice. Here's example. Here's an example. I'm going to go back to one more thing, and this actually involves Montgomery. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Be careful when you sit there and draw uh, lazy conclusions over catcher ERA, okay? So when Jordan Montgomery catches the season, uh, he's had Contreras behind the plate eight times. When he pitches, Jordan Montgomery's pitched this season, he's had Contreras behind the plate for about 46 innings, and the ERA is 2.74. So I guess I'm a little confused. I thought Contreras is a terrible catcher, and he makes the pitchers worse. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It the really one, is. The one Cardinal starting pitcher that I would say, without hesitation, is not a baby, 
is not a self-absorbed baby. That's Jordan Montgomery. Isn't that interesting? He's got no problem pitching to Wilson Contreras. <laughs> and his ERA with Kisner is higher. It's not bad, but it's 3.53 as opposed to 2.74. And when Ivan Herrera caught him for 10 innings this season, uh, ERA was 5.23. So that means that Herrera can't catch. And that means that, oh, you got to have Contreras behind the plate when, when Montgomery's pitching, you know, because Kisner's not good for him. You see how easy it is to be lazy and jump to stupid conclusions? Just an easy narrative just to use. You're it right. is. It, it's sad. And, you know, the one that, uh, the one that rankles me the most and, um, is Miles Michaelis. Because if you do look at the so-called catcher ERA with Michaelis, it is awful with Contreras, and it is pretty good. It's good with Kisner. Yeah. But so, so what are we – what are we supposed to draw from that? Are we supposed to condemn Contreras? Are we are we are we supposed to uh, dismiss him as some hack behind the plate? Or is it a matter of uh, maybe this stuff started with Mike Schilt? I can't remember, but it certainly has continued under Marmol, where f- for some reason Steve uh, Michaelis thought he was Steve Carlton. And it's like, look, when I pitch every fifth day, I want McCarver behind a plate. I don't want anyone else there. So at some point, the Cardinals decided that Michaelis deserved uh, Steve Carlton treatment, right, to let him pick the catcher. So let me me ask you this. If you're working with one catcher all the time and you're having some success, shouldn't you have success? Like, if you're talented and you're good enough and you're capable enough, but this is the only catcher you're working with, well, why wouldn't you have a good ERA? Because it's supposed to be about you. Yes, you do get some some help from your catcher. I'm not acting like the catcher's irrelevant. You do get some help from your catchers. But if you get get into a good chemistry with a catcher and you're doing your job, you should have a damn good ERA, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that another catcher is junk because you'd rather throw to your guy. And, you know, big, big badass Miles Michaelis uh, embarrassed himself earlier this year, not too long ago. Contreras was behind the plate, and Miles decided in a really passive-aggressive demonstration that tells me a lot about who this guy really is. He made this passive-aggressive move. He's like, no, I'm calling my own pitches. In other words, oh, I, don't, I, I don't, can't trust this guy. I'm going to do it myself. Well, first of all, every pitcher ought to have the attitude they're going to do it themselves because they shouldn't have to rely on a catcher to the point of absurdity. They have to take ownership of their performance. The ball's in their hands. They can say no to a pitch selection. They can call their own. They can get help from the dugout. But Miles Michaelis, to me, wanted to embarrass Contreras, except Mr. Know-it-all ended up embarrassing himself. 
because he tried to call his own pitches for one inning. He got flustered. He got all rattled, and he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to call the pitches. Uh-huh. So this is what this is the kind of crap that Contreras has had to deal with. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be fair to the guy. Do I wish he was better at framing pitches? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little. I'm. I'm a little. I'm more disappointing in, in some of the blocking we've seen this year. But I also think that I, there, I'm only going to go so far in like blaming a catcher for every pitch that must be blocked. Because you, this is a bad staff that's bouncing all kinds of stuff to home plate, you know? So I, I'd like to be a little careful about jumping to that conclusion, too. But no, I, I've been disappointed in his blocking, and I've been dis, a little, not much, a little disappointed in his framing. But he was hired, he was hired for his offense, right? That's and for right. his arm, his throwing arm behind the plate, right? Yep. I don't know. Not that complicated, but they've turned it into something complicated. And um, it's a shame. You should have given this guy time to make the transition. It was going to be a very, very difficult transition. It's a lot of responsibility. The Cardinals do it a different way than the Cubs did it. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't That doesn't make the Cardinals better or worse. But do you want to give the dude some time to get acclimated? And all they did in spring training was praise him for how hard he worked and how much he was putting into it and how he was calling every pitcher for these long conversations during the offseason after he signed with the Cardinals, trying to get to know him. I didn't see uh, Wilson Contreras run off to the WBC to fulfill his own ego, did you? Nope. I didn't see that. That He stayed. made uh, Made a statement about, hey, I need to stay here with my pitchers. Yeah, you know, Whew. rough stuff. Anyhow, yeah, I'm see, I'm getting ornery. Hey, before <laughs> we take a break, it's three forty-four in the afternoon. We're gonna have uh, our friend Dane Perry coming up at four o'clock. We'll switch over to some other things uh, next. Two-two uh, now in the bottom or the top of the fifth, top of the fourth. Sorry, top of the fourth. Uh, U.S. Men's Medical Center's there for you guys, and they absolutely can help you. If you believe that low testosterone, low testosterone is a factor in your health, that can be case, often is the case uh, beginning around age 30. And as you get older, progressively, maybe it's more of an issue. But testosterone levels, studies have shown, they start to decline 1% to 3% each year, starting at the age of 30. Uh, so maybe you, some of this stuff sounds familiar to you. I hope not, but if it does then maybe you need to go to U.S. Men's Medical Center, set up an appointment, go see him. I'm talking about low energy, mental fogginess, increased blood pressure, even though you take good care of yourself. Uh, Your mood swings are a little more extreme. You're sad more than you've ever recalled being sad. You just get down in the dumps depressed, and you're you're having a hard time figuring out why. Uh, Sleep issues can be a big part of low testosterone levels, declining memory, low libido. And if you you, uh, don't have... A testosterone level where it should be, you're also more vulnerable to developing dementia, which is uh, something you really need to think about. So why should you go to U.S. Men's Medical Center? Well, I got a bunch of reasons, but I'll give you three. Number one, they got a 95% success rate on treating their patient symptoms. 95% success rate. 
the treatment program is simple and easy. There's nothing difficult or complicated about it. It can be done or home or in the office. And uh, number three, they accept all insurance, including Medicare. That's all insurance, including Medicare. So you don't have to worry about that. What you need to worry about is getting better, getting back on track, and U.S. Men's Medical Center can do that for you. The phone number is 636-244-5333, and the the site is usmensmedicalcenter.com. If you're calling for uh, the testosterone treatment program and, and to make an appointment to get started as far as just an evaluation, you can do that, but... If you have any interest in their new weight loss injection, it's semaglutide, which has become pretty prevalent around the country, and it's FDA approved. Semaglutides help a lot of people lose weight. Now, if if that's something that at least interests you, as I always tell you, it's not covered by your insurance at U.S. Men's Medical Center. It's not covered by your insurance. So you're, you're on your own there. And if you want to find out more about the cost or anything else, Again, 636-244-5333 or go to usmensmedicalcenter.com. We'll be right back after this on The Bernie Show. 